Some of us are fortunate to have hardships thrust upon us, and some of us has to go out and seek it. It's about the muscle that you build, that ability to propel yourself into a stretch zone. When you go into stretch zones and you see that you can get through it, it builds massive self-assuredness. It builds that self-belief, that belief that, you know what? I have figured things out so many times in my past that I'm probably sure I can figure this out. And I'm trying to do my fourth thing now. And this has all been in the space of the last 12 months. And Pearl Lemon, we've won two SEO awards. And convention tells us that doing that volume of activity is unreasonable. All of that stuff that I've done has taught me that that's just a load of BS because you can do it. It's about resetting your references and choosing who you want to use as a baseline to condition the way that you think. Well, welcome to the Your Genius Zone podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest uh, from the UK, Deepak, who is the founder of Pearl Lemon, the SEO search uh, engine optimization company that just really, truly has sort of morphed into 90% of its business being uh, making your business the number one on Google. I think essentially that's what it is. Deepak, am I right? Yeah, you're, you're right, dude. That, that is ultimately it. So, <laughs> it's a fabulous explanation, dude. <laughs> you know, thanks for being here with us. You you have a marketing agency called Pearl Lemon. Tell us a little about, a bit about it before we get started. Yeah, no, absolutely, Monty. Thank you, first of all, for, for having me on your show, The Genius Zone, and hello to everybody. Um, Pearl Lemon um, started life October 2016. Back then, it would have been called Per Traffic. Um, why? Because I partnered with a friend that um, I knew from school. He has, that was going to be his second company and my first real, real company in a way that I wanted to make a kind of grand splash. We uh, parted ways as friends. Why? Because I had a different vision of the business. I've been nomading, let's call it, for the last decade. He is very much more traditional and is a firm believer in office employees, infrastructure, clients all based in London. And he does very well because of that. So our, our different visions of the business meant that it ultimately was better if we went solo. I went solo, morphed per traffic into Pearl Lemon, started full service digital marketing. So I was like, hey man, I need to keep my lights on. I'll do your copywriting, I'll run a Facebook ad, I'll help you put a course up onto Udemy, I'll do I'll do anything and everything. SEO of course was amongst them. And then it was a good old man called George who first came into my life when by Upwork, I think, and he was like, Hey, you know, I want to help grow my business. I'm looking for SEO. And since then as you quite rightly said, I went on a journey to ultimately try and drop anyone who, who wasn't SEO. And, you know, now we've got maybe 12, 15 clients. There's only one of them who is an SEO, actually. So it's less than 10%. Everybody else is SEO. One of the things that's so fascinating about Deepak is that he has been nomadic in his own words. You know, he's a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I think you even said you uh, wanted to be in the British Special Forces at some point. Yeah, so uh, I'd done a series of kind of endurance type sports, ultra marathons, 27 hour runs. I'd done like an Ironman in South Africa. I, I fought Thai kickboxing in Brazil. I was living there. I then was looking to do something that was hard. And I didn't know what a Navy SEAL even was like uh, at the time, but that was back, that was a couple of years ago. So I Googled Navy SEAL, realized it was something that the American Special Forces Googled Navy SEAL equivalent UK. It was the SAS, which is, you know, the special air services here in the UK. Apply online. I could then Googled again. And then within an hour and a half, I think, maybe six after I got the relevant documentation, I'd submitted my application and I was then busy seeing doctors getting questions about my history, my parents like uh, history of, you know, our religious beliefs and upbringings and then going off to do tests. And 
I, I qualified as a basically trained British soldier and went about six months into the process of the Special Forces, which was a wild ride, did training out in Tbilisi, Georgia, paid a private ex-Special Forces operator um, to go and do a 10-day boot camp in Georgia, went away for some Special Forces weekends, ultimately withdrew because when you apply as differently from the SEALs in the States and the UK, you can't apply without being in the military to go and be a full-time operator. You have to have done at least three years military experience. And I was 28 maybe. So I was kind of on the older side. And when you do it part-time, because a couple of guys had died in the last few years on the hills, which is the Brecon Beacons in the Wales. The Ministry and that Defense. was just through training they had died? Yeah, yeah. So that was part of the selection process. They died as a consequence um, of the selection process. They put it down to heat exhaustion cause, and this is in Wales, which is notoriously, yeah, you know. <laughs> not, not warm. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So it changed the whole intake process and ultimately added on six more months. So what became part-time, the whole process changed ultimately. And I, and I was in there to kind of test myself. So I withdrew my application and that was at the age of 30 when I decided that, well, okay, let me go back to my mom's place, my folks' place, mom and dad's <laughs> place, I'm broke. Any nomading I'd done had been suspended because of the military application just took over my life. It was an adventure and um, it does, as you'll probably ask, help me with a lot of the things that I do today because nothing really seems as scary when you do something like that. <laughs> I can only imagine you basically have your fears confronted every single day. Yeah, exactly. Especially being like the only British Indian in the entire regiment. So, you know, here it's about being as inconspicuous as possible and to blend in. And when you're a brown dude full of tattoos and you're going through training, I'm going to stand out, unfortunately. So it magnifies any possible slight error. I still distinctly remember my weekend where I was basically drowning in the pool and uh, they would wait until it looked like I was on the verge of drowning, give me a stick, say nothing, have the entire class watch me in silence pull me back out and then just say again and make me go in knowing full well that I couldn't do the actual doggy paddling with, with, with my military gear on, putting a rifle up out of the water. They're horrendous at the time you do them, but it does, Monty, absolutely make a lot of things that you do in, in my day-to-day -day life feel a lot easier. But I think that probably defines you in such a dramatic way as an entrepreneur that will succeed at any cost now? I think so. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> One of the things that was really interesting to me was that general consensus is that we have perhaps a 45-minute concentration span, say, for example, and then we need to take breaks. You know, work for 45, take a break for 15, or maybe work for 20, take a break for five, and attention spans. Are... You go to the army and it's the opposite. You are pummeled for three hours with nonstop new information. There's no, there's no going back to do a refresher and then you are tested at the end of the three hours in front of everybody. And if you fail, you're considered to be a screw up. And your brain will explode because of the amount of accelerated learning they try and shove down your throat. And it's this weird space where for the first week, it's the most horrendous experience of your life trying to intake that new sum of information. But then something switches inside you cognitively and you're able to actually keep up and you're beginning to see yourself learn it a rate that would otherwise be considered just unreasonable. And, and that kind of blew my mind. That has become so powerful today because, you know, there's the SEO agency. I've, I've started algorithmic trading. That makes several thousand dollars a month. I've got an online course launch that's making maybe $20,000 a month. I have my SEO agency. I'm currently trying to launch an e-commerce store and I'm trying to do my fourth thing now. And this has all been in the space of the last 12 months. And Pearl Lemon, we've won two SEO awards. And 
convention tells us that doing that volume of activity is unreasonable. All of that stuff that I've done has taught me that that's just a load of BS because you can do it. It's about resetting your references and choosing who you want to use as a baseline to condition the way that you think and how much you act in credence or in line with that because seeing it is not enough. Going out and trying to break yourself is also part of the process. So a continual re-exposure to painful experiences keeps me motivated. So, you know, I'll go to the gym six days a week and I'll do something like the Stairmaster. And for 20 minutes, I'll do stair walking as hard as I can and I'll absolutely destroy myself, right? It's, it's, it's not fun. It's not pleasant. But it just continually builds that kind of, if you could give a click a word, that, that snap, that wiring inside your brain. It's like, okay, cool, do that. Okay, cool, do that. Because the process of putting together an email funnel is not long. It's the thinking behind it. But actually what often stops us is analysis paralysis, is information constipation, this whole fuzzy space. Doing things like that gives me a lot more black and white thinking in a good way. It's like, okay, cool. You've got to, you've got to launch an e-commerce store. How do you do that? Well, okay, let me Google it. Okay, cool. So apparently Shopify is the easiest builder. Okay, great. Let me just sign up to Shopify right now. Okay, cool. That's done. What do I do to get products? Okay, there's this thing called drop shipping. What is the best site to drop ship on? Okay, it's AliExpress apparently. Okay, cool. Sign up to AliExpress. Okay, that's done. Okay, right. How do I connect? Oh, Oberlo. Apparently there's this app called Oberlo. You can, okay, cool. Let me do that. Okay, great. I am running out of time. Right. Let me hire a virtual assistant. How much does a virtual assistant cost? Okay, cool. That's $5, $5 per hour. Right. So if I get it for 20 hours a month, I can afford to blow $100 and I'm going to spend the first 10 hours for him to just learn how to do what he needs to do. Okay, great. Here you go. I spent you the money. 90% of people that started an e-commerce store probably just followed the exact process that I've described, but it's probably taken people about 18 months to get there. The actions attached to doing it takes like three days, dude. And that is what a lot of this kind of process that seems so vastly different gives to what I do with my work. It just allows me to just move so much quickly through the decisions that really actually don't change. And people often also confuse fast with rushed. You can be fast without being rushed. It's not mm. that you make any incorrect decisions. People are like, oh, that's too quick, but you need to think it through. And it's like, well, what makes you think that I didn't think it through? I just thought through it and I didn't debate. And this is turning into a bit of a diatribe or a monologue. You reposition yourself constantly. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Because a lot of people listening are overwhelmed with the amount of information that's out there. And so when they find sort of that place in their genius that they want to take on, a lot of that's already been done. You just need to find that pathway and stop thinking about it and do yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think that, you know, people have a tendency to, to overanalyze, but the, the basics stand true for 80% of the activities that you'll do. It's frighteningly simple. And sometimes that's what overwhelms people because there's this whole sea of tactics and strategy, but tactics and strategy only apply after the initial framework is built. It's a lot like, for example, like I, I like to do Ironman. Okay. So Part, a component of doing an Ironman is a 180 kilometer bike ride, right? And I'm a, I'm a rubbish cyclist, okay? I'm really, not, like, I'm really not good. There's been several events where I've DNF'd. I did not finish because I was so bad, okay? Um, I flew out to South Africa, uh, and there's this guy called Justin Butler. You can look him up on Facebook. He's connected to me as a friend. He's a South African guy, amazing character, lives in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. I was in kind of the rental shop, and I, I kind of turned up. I was like, oh, well, I've been training in the gym on, on, on a kind of one of those bikes that you can pedal around on in the gym. And he's like, brilliant. So what have you been, what about your road stuff? And I was like, I've done no road stuff. He's like, what? So you come to an Ironman, you've never been out on the roads. And I was like, uh, well, 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 no. He's like, okay. And he, he asked me a question that kind of struck me initially as odd. He was like, okay, well, 
what, what kind of background do you come from, Deepak? And I was like, um, I come from an ultramarathon background. He's like, okay, so, so what's the longest you've been out? And I was like, I've, I've been out maybe 20, 27 hours. He's like, okay. You know, I've seen guys that use old bikes with aluminum frames that are five kilos heavier, go out and smoke these other guys that have got the best equipment, the best strategies and the best tactics, because you know what? Their base fitness is just better than the other guy. And that's going to take you through 90% of the event. He said all of the other stuff, the cleats, the cylinders, the pistons, the frame, aluminum, carbon, forks, gear sets, cam sets. So none of that matters if your fitness isn't there. And that really blew my mind because I had a crappy bike. I didn't have any cleats and I went out and I beat a lot of other guys because of my raw fitness. And this is true of absolutely every business. It's like, just launch your ad, bro. Don't worry about building or excluding particular types of audiences or making sure your pixel is firing absolutely correctly. Or if your pop positioning is good, and your ad copy is good, and you have a legit service to offer, then you can worry about all of the other 20% later. And it's the same thing with starting an SEO agency. So, okay, cool. So, so, so what do I need? Well, I need a team to help me deliver the SEO. Brilliant. Find a good team. Okay. Well, I need to try and sell SEO. Okay, great. So try and draw out all of the SEO experiences that you've had and put them onto your resume. Oh, Deepak, I've not got no, got no SEO experience. So go and give some free SEO advice, dude, or take a course. And then once you've taken about six courses on Udemy, because you're broke and you've got no money, you're already going to be 10 times better than the average guy who, who hasn't taken those 10 courses. Then go out and give some free advice. Get some testimonials. Get a case study. Why does a case study need to be based upon a three-month kind of chart? It can be based on a 20-minute consult. Build it into a portfolio and then go out and start saying, hey, I can help you. And, if, and, and all of a sudden things start happening and there's nothing particularly scientific about anything that I've just said. None of it is new. Yet people want to overcomplicate and do this and do that and change this. And all of a sudden you, you've not moved. You've done nothing. Overcomplication is, is, is a huge barrier to, to success today. What I hear you saying is you've been through some of those blocks, tried to get motion going before and failed and said, what is this? Why am I, what, why am I spinning my wheels and getting nowhere? Experience of literally drowning and having someone hold out a stick for you, which is, I mean, that's just cruel, right? I mean, that's terrible. Yeah. But in a sense, it quickened your reaction time to say, I have to rely on my own facilities to make this happen right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, I can't breathe. I feel like I'm, my lungs are going to explode. So kick, dude. Think about nothing else. Just kick. Just kick. Kick harder. Try that. Okay, right. Okay, so I'm kicking and I'm, I'm kind of breathing. I've got one breath. Okay, all right. So tilt your head back a little bit so you get a better surface area. Okay, try that. And, and, and don't think 17 steps ahead. Think, think about one step ahead. What's the next literal action that you can take? And that is really where things began. My path started by putting an ad up on Craigslist because it was free. Google image and SEO picture. Let me just slap that on there. Let me put a picture of myself smiling so I look friendly. Let me, <laughs> get, let me search SEO agencies on Craigslist to have a look at what all of the other guys are doing. Let me take the best bits and let me put it into my ad and then let me put it on Craigslist New York, Craigslist LA. Oh, let me Google the most popular cities for SEO on Craigslist. 
let me Google that and let me put ads in all of those cities. And that was how, you know, my journey started really, to be honest with you, Monty. And the actions still today are the same. The principles behind how I make my decisions are still the same. It's like, okay, cool. That makes sense. That's cheap. That's low cost. It's worth, you know, the risks that I can take are bigger now, but, but they're not really bigger actually, because relative to the actual income or whatever, the risk, the size of the risks that I haven't, that, I, that I'm taking have not changed. I only ever bet money I can afford to lose. I've got £100,000 invested into algorithmic trading right now. To a lot of people, that's a lot of money. To other people, that's like 10 pence, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's all related to the proportion at which I could afford to lose. I can afford to lose that money. It wouldn't be pleasant, but I can afford to lose it and still go on and carry on. But then equally, you know, in other parts of my business, I won't spend more than like $100 because it's a business that doesn't generate revenue. So I'm trying to launch an e-commerce store at the moment, as I just described to you. I wouldn't spend more than 300 bucks on that business at the moment because it makes me no money. So unless I can't directly attach it, because you know, from algorithmic trading, I know that I pull out about 5,000 pounds a month. So I'm like, great, this is money that's sitting there and it's completely automated income because it's a robot that's managing my money and it's been five months. So I'm like, well, cool. I can afford to take bigger risk because there's a bigger return. So the proportions don't actually change. It's still very limited risk taking. People should pay for processes. What you should pay for is the order in which you do things. That is what you cannot find on YouTube. People will never reveal the end-to-end strategy on, on YouTube. And to be honest with you, a lot of course content creators probably won't either, right? But that's where someone's true value comes in. It's like, bro, I'm going to help you run a five-minute mile. All of the individual components for how you can get to that level are definitely out there. But I'm going to show you the step-by-step process. And that's where people should pay for things, right? And I've done 22 online course launches and made zero money. Then I partnered and you can still find these. They're on fucking Udemy on Skillshare and shit and all, all of the usual kind of places. I've got a YouTube thing. And then I partnered with a friend of mine who makes $25,000 a month from his courses. My first launch with him, I made $30,000. Why? It's a process. And, and, and that's something that I do think in, in this era that is definitely worth paying for. That's, that's where people's gold comes in. Otherwise, you know, if you're bootstrapping, then, then you know, Go to you, And you can find bad classes. There's no question about that. Yep. But you can also find really good ones that will teach you maybe uh, a fraction of what you would learn if you bought the course. But um, you certainly can put enough fractions together to make something work. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, all my systems are imperfect. <laughs> People think you need a perfect system. All of my systems are littered <laughs> with issues. And that's one of the things I think that people seem to cling to. They're like, this is the ultimate course on SEO. It's a 15-hour course. I, you know, will never watch any video that's longer than 30 minutes because I'm very cognizant, for example, to my attention span. And I'm like, I'm just not going to get to the other end of it. So one of the things I began to do on Udemy again, when I was just starting my agency, is I do filters where I'd only look at courses that were less than two hours and I'd only watch videos at one and a half X speed. And then I was like, right, I'm turned two two hours into one and a half hours. I download the Udemy app. I download all of them so they were offline. And then I'd watch them while I was on the metro and traveling 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, 10 minutes there. All of the tools really are out there, but nothing can replace your own actions. And, and I think building some kind of construct to, to give you a kickstart. So we all need to light a fire up un- underneath our backside. Platitudes aren't enough. Reward-driven behavior is not enough. It, it, it needs to be about some kind of fear attached to, to what you do. In the early days, as I said, Craigslist, we've got something called Gumtree here. I signed up to Upwork. I was just scrapping. If you go through my Upwork history, bro, there's still deals there that are like $37 deals, $120 deals, 
this dollar deal. So I was like, I'll take anything. Your worst customers will become your best training experiences because I tell you, if you can please someone who's got a $200 budget, they'll be on your case. If you can over deliver with them, I promise you, when you get to the guy who can pay you $5,000 a month, it's going to be so easy to, to deliver for them. And people often will resist. And I'm like, no, accept it. Get it done. This is your training. This is you in training. This is going to make you the, a monster when you go out and compete with these other guys that let their ego come in the way of like earning the 20 earning the 20 bucks. And this is another thing that frustrates me a lot. A lot of people aren't willing to suspend their pride and leave their ego at the door. How do you get to that place of being willing to be broken down yep. and can you do it without being in the special forces? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's a great question. Knowing what I know now and what I had to do for delivery has made me so much better. So I definitely am better and I respond faster and I'm, clients love me because they're like, Deepak, you're one of the few people that we don't chase you, you chase us. You're always like hammering us because it's what I used to. Um, and, and that has been very great in relationship building and loyalty. When some months the SEO has gone crap for whatever reason, there's Google algo, or maybe we've done our work badly. Maybe we've not quite delivered. Clients are loyal because they're like, Deepak, you got all about over delivery. And, and, and that's reflected in my level of comms. You know, stretch zones are relative, right? So, you know, my journey didn't start at 28 when I did my application to special for my journey started at like 14 years old when I had to change school and I had a different group of friends. And it was like weird because some of us are fortunate to have hardships thrust upon us and some of us has to go out and seek it. And for those comfortable Sam's or comfortable Sally's, dude, just put something on your credit card, bro. Put something on your credit card that you can't afford that you need to deliver. For me, it was when I was 22 years old and I went to a personal development conference. I forget the chap's name. He's an Australian guy, Christopher Howard. I don't even think he does stuff anymore. One of the things he spoke about was this concept of, you know, doing everything to your highest potential. And if you're passionate about something, find a way to be pa make money from what you're passionate about. I was like, oh, wow. So I should try and make money from my passions instead of being a management consultant at Deloitte and then use that to, to maybe go and do some rapping on the site. You know, so I quit my job at that time, as I told you. Um, and what I did was I got my credit card because I'd always enjoyed running. And I thought, oh, I'd love to run a marathon one day, but it's scary. And the world will collude in your limitations. Everybody will support your, your rationale. Everybody will support you staying with what they're doing. Everybody will support you in your roads towards monotony, towards just being average, because that's what people know. So I think that, you know, you need to go into a stretch zone. At that moment, I booked marathon entry to Chicago. I booked accommodation for Chicago with my ex-girlfriend at that time. And it was all on a, with a credit card that I never really intended to use unless it was an emergency. I came out of that conference and I had my impulsive moment where I was like, you know, hoorah, I feel so powerful and I feel all of these great things, right? And, and I took that moment and I applied a big action to it by spending at that time, you know, 1500 US dollars to book my flights, to book my marathon entry, to book some accommodation and to sort all of the logistics out. And then I was like, oh my God, I, don't, I have a part-time job where I earn like, you know, 300 bucks a month. How in God's name am I going to pay for this? That was number one. And then number two, oh my God, the furthest I've ever run is like six kilometers. How the hell am I going to run 42 kilometers? Dude, it was a shit show. The whole thing was a shit show. It didn't go successfully. I got a really crappy time. But when you attach such big consequences to doing 
taking a new action. And then I told everybody about it on Facebook, right? I said, hey, I booked Chicago Marathon. They're like, wow, it's amazing. I did all the stuff. I, I did all of that literally in the space of about an hour and a half. That was all booked, done. I was like, okay, where's somewhere far? Where's somewhere that's not here? Where's somewhere that isn't London? And that has ultimately led me to running another 23 marathons, to doing my ultra marathons, to doing Ironman, to, because that was, the, that was my defining moment. That was the step. And, and, and it's not about the money that you spend in that moment. It's not about, because all of that is transient. It's about the muscle that you build, that ability to propel yourself into a stretch zone. That can be whatever it means for anybody. And, you know, if you're listening, I invite you to think about something that you find a little bit scary. And I suggest that you attach some kind of money towards it to propel you into action in the same way where you're like, oh, well, I'm not really sure about this trip, but bloody hell, I spent $27 for this cinema ticket and now I found out the reviews are bad, so I'm going to go. Buy that rationale to things that will lead to growth and not just the cinema or not the Friday night out where you're drinking with your buddies and you buy another round and you know that's going to be you know, an additional 100 bucks. People got it back to front, bro. That's where you need to spend your money. So that's, that's what I offer. What you're sharing, I hope everybody is picking up, but it's, it's far deeper than simply tactics. If I'm hearing you correctly, these are your basics. It's not necessarily that there's a framework for business. It's, it's a framework within you. Yeah. Um, you um, believe that some of the worst customers are the best training. Yeah. Um, you believe that, that um, you've got to go into a stress zone. Uh, I, you called it a stretch zone, but I guess they could kind of be one and the same, thing. right? Yeah, um, but you've got to experience that place where you literally have to make it happen or else. Yeah. And that, that space puts you out of comfort. It puts you into action. And then there's this part of us that has to stop resisting the thing that we are destined to do, but we say, oh, that's too big or because someone else is saying you can't do it or because there's a credit card involved in it. And there's a payment that's attached to it that we are afraid to risk. But at the same time, as you said, when you put out your first uh, advertisement, you had no idea the world that it opened when, when you would, would offer a service that you didn't know you could provide, but you knew you knew you would do it. And you absolutely. would do it well. Uh, Monty, uh, absolutely, brother. I think, you, I think you summarized it excellently. I mean... When you go into stress zones and you see that you can get through it, it builds massive self-assuredness. It builds that self-belief, that belief that, you know what? I have figured things out so many times in my past that I'm probably sure I can figure this out. And I can figure it out in a way that's going to you know, do better. Monty, it's absolutely, absolutely the case. And within businesses, I've had to reposition things where I'm like, right, well, I do full service digital marketing. How can I just do, do SEO? How can I get more of these clients and, and, and take it, you know, build, build the plane whilst flying it, do this. That means I need to learn that I need to, you know, and sometimes in the early stages, I'd have, I'd have clients that would point out things that were big issues with my work. I trusted in the process. I trusted in myself. And that's why we've gone on to win awards and we've got amazing results for our clients because it's been about a long history of me being continually in different stress zones and, and that forcing me to rapidly figure things out and, what that does is it raises your minimum operating standard. It makes your normal, other people's amazing because of the level at which you're used to pushing yourself. Someone told me, Deepak, you've got an interesting story to share and you're not the ordinary internet marketer who's going to talk about LinkedIn for an hour. Thank goodness. <laughs> 
Oh, I mean, I think everybody listening is is way getting way more than they thought they were getting from somebody who's an expert in SEO, and no doubt you are. But this is really about an expertise in understanding the modern gig economy, and you really truly have an expertise in in what it takes to survive at the pace of. AI. Um, and, and that's where we're all at. We're in a, a position of feeling flooded by so much mm. different information. And yet what you're saying is you can raise that minimal operating standard yeah. by being in stress zones and then understanding a process that works every time. It's the process within to experience stress and say, okay, instead of running away from this or you know, fight or flight, I'm going to sit in it. I'm going to feel it. And I'm going to respond to it the best that I can. And then that operating standard, if, if it doesn't work for the client, is going to be raised because I'm going to learn something. Exactly. Exactly. If, if you find that you're not picking things fast, up fast enough, then force accelerated learning. Force yourself into an environment where your back's against the wall, your bridges are burnt. You know, take that first irrational step and center it around those fluffy, amazing moments that we have when we hear something inspirational, that's your moment. That is your point of sale, your impulse buy. Book that helicopter lesson if you're afraid of flying. But (laughs) it it could be something simple. If you've always struggled with, for example, your weight or go onto Craigslist, find a PT, say, look, I want to do it with you. Wire them the $200 within, before you get off the phone call, whilst you're still in that, oh, what have I just done moment? Because it's not about that PT. It's not about the, the, the ROI you're going to get from that PT. It's about the ROI you're going to get from the mindset it's going to build within you. Your ability to step out into a new space and to operate powerfully and to, and to, and to, and to, 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 to deal with the emotional pressure and all of the new growth and new problems and new opportunities that builds, whether your PT says, right, you need to get an elastic band to do some of these kinesthetic exercises. You're like, right, I don't even know what kind of elastic band get. Then he's going to be talking about a caliper for measuring body fat. Then, then you're going to come out of that process knowing all of this cool new stuff, right? And that's going to lead you to another new level. And then you can go again. And that process will force accelerated learning. And the only way you're going to do that is if you've just already spent the money don't rely on friends. Friends will let you down. Don't rely on this podcast. It's not enough alone. You need to transfer that feeling of fear that you feel when you're fired into that space that's going to lead to those long-term results. It's, it's, it's truly the way that you can go into a new industry and you know become incredibly skilled in a very short time because you just accelerate the speed at which you go through all of the steps. I didn't skip anything. I went through all of the steps. I just didn't wait 18 months to do it. I forced myself. I hired a Facebook ads guy. I hired this guy before I even had the store. And I was like, oh my God, I've just paid this dude 500 bucks to manage my ads. I don't even have a Facebook ad account. I don't have a pixel. I don't, I've just bought Shopify. <laughs> I've not got a bloody product. Within a week, it was all done because I was pissed with myself. But it built, you know, scarcity forces you into action and and I, I, I would love for everybody listening to do, to do that because you're entirely capable of doing all of those things. It's just about, you know, what is going to be the flamethrower in your arsenal that's going to drive you towards all of the actions that I'm sure you already know. Nothing I've told you is new, but again, it's the process and the order and the way that people think about things and why they do what they do that, 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 that is perhaps, you know, that, that, that golden element to, to, to success. This is how it works. And I love that because that is what we are moving towards. We are moving towards 
this adaptability. We need to be able to adapt quickly. We need to be able to look at our fear for what it is. It's a motivator. It's not going to go away. It's supposed to be there. It's the thing that's driving us towards um, making sure that we can provide for our families and making sure that we can provide for the needs that we have and the, the vacations that we one day want to go on and whatever it is that you want to do. And yet, there really is a training that is happening uh, that I hear, Deepak, you've been through and continue to go through. It's not something that goes away. It's a constant learning process. Yeah. Is there any way to get to that place except by the process of trial and error? What an amazing question. You know, I'll talk to your audience now. Guys, I think that it's your responsibility to go out and provide for the people around you. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to Monty, if, you're, if you've got to this stage of the podcast and you're still listening to me, there's a reason that you're here, right? First of all, I salute you for choosing to listen in. You're obviously invested and you're committed to your own success, which is absolutely, it's amazing, right? Really, it's amazing because many others clicked off after five minutes. Many others downloaded the iTunes podcast and never listened to it. Some others talk about it in the pub and have the greatest idea since PlayStation but did nothing about it. But you're here. It's not for yourself. Let's be honest. I know that you don't need much to succeed. For me, it's thinking about the people in my life, right? You know, my parents came from India when they were 11 and 13. My dad got an unarranged marriage. My partner, Daniela, came from Italy from a beautiful little village called Gadovino to come and live with me. My brother struggles to pay his bills to support his children to the extent they've never been abroad on a holiday as a family. It's not a nice to do, it's a must have. So I invite you to think about the people that you love in your life, the people who, if their lives changed as a consequence of you getting into the gig economy and acting powerfully would make you so, so, so happy. The fact that I'm able to pay for my girlfriend's university fees it's going to be a bigger victory than any other Lamborghini or anything else that I could buy. And that motivates me to go out and hustle harder than any other person out there. I figured out all of the mortgage payments that you know, my family makes. I figured out the cost of tuition fees for my nephews, my nieces, the potential children that I'm going to have in the future. I figured out all of the things that Daniela, my partner, talks about with her hopes and dreams. And the figure is about four million pounds. That is what my cost to change the lives of everyone around me is. That's what drives me. So I invite you to consider what is it that people in your life must have use that to drive yourself. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else to say. I hope you're being blessed by this the way I am. Um, Pearl Lemon is obviously something I want to promote on here, and I want folks to know that when you want to be um, first on Google when you want your, your um, website to show up in people's face, when, when they're searching for whatever it is that, that you do, um, Deepak obviously is the guy to do this. Um, not only because he goes above and beyond and you can hear his process in that, but also because I think he cares about you. I, I'm, that's what I'm hearing. Um, and, and he genuinely understands that it is about your family and your being able to provide for them. And, and he's doing the same thing, but he realizes that that's not separate. Those all work together into this similar stream that is entrepreneurial, but it's more about our families. It's more about the people we love. It's more about the, the um, changing the generational, um, you know, poverties and, 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 and bills that have keep people down and um, build up a 
a framework like he's been talking about for those around us to succeed because of the hard work that we've put in and the adaptability. And I think he said the ability to reposition ourselves constantly and, and figure out what that number is for us, what that looks like for our family. I hope that folks will look at, out for Pearl Lemon. Where can they find Pearl Lemon? Is it just pearllemon.com? Exactly. Thank you. Uh, pearllemon.com, deepakshukla.com as well. You'll find a lot of my own stuff that's You'll, you'll see pictures of my cat, Daniela, <laughs> uh, and my history there. So if you're, if you're more interested in just finding out about me personally as well, or equally, deepattrickler.com, even, um, Monty, I, forgive me, I didn't say, say it to you initially, paulemon.com, deepattrickler.com. Stick me up on YouTube or Google. You'll, 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 you'll find me, guys. You'll find me. Okay. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us on the Your Genius Zone podcast. I hope that you will continue to just continually reposition yourself, continually adapt, continually learn. Uh, you know, don't don't wait. What you're hearing as as you hear Deepak talk is that the 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 magic is in the action. It's it's not thinking too hard about it. It's not getting too deep into the weeds. It's just doing the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and realizing that you are creating your own process in that. And that process will be valuable one day. But get after it. Don't wait. Because that's, uh, that's really what he's talking about. The speed at which you Amen. engage these things is the speed at which you'll succeed. So how, how about that for an Amen. amazing hour of uh, just wisdom. Thank you so much for joining us. Deepak.